The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Number 2, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic at the bottom of the hour. But it's a Monday. It's 11.05. That means it's time to talk some baseball as we go around MLB with our friend Matt Snyder uh, from CBSSports.com. If you're into these things, as I know I like to click on them. I love the power rankings. They change every week, seemingly. And uh, don't look now, but the Dodgers are starting to creep back up in some people's mind. And why wouldn't they? They're the Dodgers after all, but they're not number one. Matt Snyder joins us. Hello, Matt Snyder. How are you? I'm great, uh, especially coming off the the way that Sunday night baseball ended. Feeling pretty good, a little extra spring in the step today. Wasn't that a fun, uh, a fun, fun game last night? I just want to, you know, go back just a part of that game. Yes, it was a great game, but the umpiring and the piss poor umpiring, quite frankly, is going to be the story. The yeah. home plate umpire, I get it. He's he's new. He's, he's I think it's, it was the sixth game, something like that. Um, I kind of wanted him to do okay after I found out that he's just breaking into the game. But, boy, he was just awful all night long. But Phil Cuzzy shouldn't be. And David Bodie got Sosa twice. Got him on the force out with nobody out. Yeah. And then tagged his foot for good measure. Uh, there was no challenge available as the Cubs had used it and uh, and and uh, didn't get the call overturned earlier. They've got replay. Uh, it would have shown clearly that it was safe not once but tw- or out rather not uh, once but twice. Why not get it right, Matt Snyder? Because clearly that was a huge could have been a huge moment. Yeah, I'm glad that the Cubs ended up winning, so I can't get accused of like being biased or being bitter or having sour grapes here. But that's a pretty good illustration of how much I hate the the replay system as they have it right now. If you're going to use replay, the whole point should be to correct calls that are wrong that have a big a big impact on the game, and to have it be one out in first and second versus bases loaded, bases loaded, nobody out with a tie game in the seventh inning. That's as big of a call as you're going to have in the mm-hmm. entire game, and we got it wrong. It, it's very they got it wrong twice, like you <laughs> said. Bodie held the bag, and then he swiped, tagged, and hit and hit the the base runner's foot before he hit the bag. So, <laughs> one of two ways: choose your own adventure here. He got it wrong twice, um, and uh, I it, unbelievably the Cubs got out of that. Yep. But still, that that should have been the determining call of the game, basically. And, and the Cardinals probably should have won the, the game based upon that bad call. And that's something you got to get right. And that's why, I, again, I don't like the challenge system. I, I don't see why you have to let a manager. If it's a bad call, have somebody there. Have a replay official buzz the crew mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're going to take a look at this. That's all, That's it. It's so simple. From your power ratings at CBSSports.com, Matt, you have the Cubs at 13, 13 and 7 in May. And a crazy stat you had in there. All seven of those losses this month have been by a single run, which is just unthinkable. So, where are we with this team? I mean, I was having a conversation this weekend with the Cubs fan. Man, if we just had you, Darvish, you know, if we just, mm. if we just had that guy, how much better it is. Well, they don't. And he's not coming back. So, 
But where are we? Is this a team that you still think has the sustainability to stick around this race all year long? The starting pitching still needs to be better. Now, Kyle Hendricks, I think he's fixed. Mm -hmm. It looks like Zach Davies might be. I like Alzali. So do I. uh, and, And I think he has very good potential to continue to get better. But I just don't know about Jake Arrieta long term, and, and Trevor Williams. I think since the since the good start, I think he's showing that it, you're just not going to be able to count on him. Mm-hmm. And they don't really have any other good options to plug in at the moment. So if I say Hendricks, Davies, Alzali, that's your top three. When really, even if you wanted to say Hendricks is a one, which I, I'm perfectly okay with. Your other two guys are more like back-end rotation guys, and you don't have the two and the three there. I, I would feel a lot better if you did, but I really do believe the bullpen is, is is excellent, and I don't think this is smoke and mirrors. I think the bullpen is really, really good. And the offense is, is kind of what it what it should be. It's You're going to have games where it gets shut down, but is there's so much potential, there, there's so much power, that when they're going right, they are really, really good. Uh I think they're good. They're definitely not great. I still think that the Cardinals are probably the favorites in the Central. Mm-hmm. But I will offer this up for, for anybody who wants to be on the, the Cubs side here. The team's over 500 right now. The Cubs are 8-3. and three. The Cardinals are 3-7. and seven. Mm. Interesting. Didn't know that uh, little nugget. That That's a good one. Yeah, this was an entertaining series. Uh, the three games that uh, unfolded at Bush Stadium. Arnauto just, boy, he's so much fun when he's at the hot corner uh, with that double, a couple of double plays just yeah. make you go, my God. Um, and then these, uh, hopefully these two teams will go right down the stretch because that would be good for baseball, especially from where we sit. It would also be good if the Twins get back into this thing. They're, they've cut it to single digits. They're nine and a half out. The White Sox, uh, uh, get swept by the uh, the Yankees, which is no disgrace because the Yankees are pitching uh, again. But what do we make of this White Sox? Did they just catch a hot team? Uh, they'll begin the week a game and a half up. I still believe they're clearly the best team as we sit here uh, inching toward Memorial Day in the Central Division. Do you take anything away from the White Sox being swept by the Yankees? Uh, the, the only thing was, <clears throat> I, I just I wondered about the schedule, <clears throat> but... Uh, playing in the AL Central, the schedule is going to be soft anyway. So, but my only thought was that just shows how much better the AL East is than the AL Central. But in terms of like long term in the in the division in the AL Central, nah, I, I don't really have a huge takeaway on that. Um, yeah, I think the White Sox are, are definitely the best team there. And even if I thought just looking at the rosters and just looking at maybe moving forward, even if I thought the Twins were better. And nine and a half games—that's an awful, mm-hmm. awful lot to, to for for somebody to make up from the, this point in the season. It's possible, but it's it's also historic when it happens. I mean, we remember the, the A's running down the Rangers, for example, in like 2012 or something. Uh, there's a reason that was such a big story, and it's because it was historic. So, I think the White Sox are probably safe at the top of the division, and it's because number one, the Twins are too far back, and number two, nobody else in the division is, is that good. And Byron Buxton's still on the IL, and Polanco's now hurt. Yeah. What's is the hurt. story with Buxton, Trent? Any uh, uh, guesstimate when he's going to be back? End of the month, best-case scenario, mm. and that was what they said a few weeks back. But Arias has a concussion, and Cruz got plunked, and Polanco hurt his ankle again, and Kepler's down, and Josh Donaldson's Josh Donaldson. He's made out of glass, and it's just on and on and on. Even if you believe, it's hard to believe with as banged up as they are. Uh, you mentioned the American League East. 
figure this thing out because the Rays now are red hot. The Yankees are maybe yeah. the best team in baseball over the last month and a half. And you just you go through this. The Red Sox sit at the top. The Jays have had their stretches. They look the best team in that division. Handicap it. How would you put it here the rest of the way? I was. It's funny. Like last week at this time, I was actually hoping that the Blue Jays were going to kind of do some <laughs> damage and make some headway, uh-huh. and instead they've lost six in a row. And <laughs> maybe they're just not ready. Uh, they're not fully healthy, though. They still have George Springer. The rotation's been banged up. Um, I, I've been impressed by the Red Sox a lot. What the Rays are doing right now is very impressive. I, I just think eventually it's going to be the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they their offense is better, capable of so much better than they've been so far. Once they get Stanton back, I know Stanton and Judge are very injury-prone, but once they get Stanton back, and they're at full strength. I feel like they're really going to hit their stride. They didn't have Voight for the first six weeks of the season. DJ LeMayhew has not been doing anything at all. I feel like once he gets going, he's really the catalyst there. Um, and with that starting pitching that they're getting, I just think it's eventually going to be the Yankees. But I do think the Red Sox are going to hang around. I think the Rays are going to hang around. And I still have faith that the Blue Jays can do something. So this could be one of the most fun divisions in baseball. Yeah, I think those four teams, and you've identified them, I mean, everybody with the exception of the Orioles uh, have a chance to at least maybe punch a playoff ticket via the wild card, if nothing else, if they can't win the division. Uh, Let's uh, switch leagues and go from east to west and you know, the Giants have been a really good story. Uh, they, they have. I, I don't think anybody saw this coming. And I'm not saying that, uh, that there were, you know, the slide is going to continue and it's going to be the Padres and the Dodgers that take it from here and open up some daylight on the Giants. Not that I would be surprised if that's the case, but it seems like the Giants may be starting to a reality setting in a little bit that the Giant, uh, that the Padres and the Dodgers are about to separate themselves from the rest of that division. Yeah, I, I thought so. I, I I just thought going into the series, I, I kind of wrote that there's some evening out to be done here. That I thought the Giants were playing way over their ceiling and that the, the Dodgers were just kind of getting back to being themselves. So I kind of figured the, that you were going to have a Dodgers series victory. I didn't know it would be such an emphatic sweep. But uh, there's, if you just look at the personnel on the Giants, there are a lot of players who have been doing – way too much mm-hmm. and over the course of 162 things have a way of evening themselves out and it looks like it started to even out over the weekend now we, we've talked about this before and i still firmly believe this administration with the giants they have found something and how they they grab starting pitchers seemingly off the scrap heap and, and make them into the best versions of themselves and i and i do believe that they're that they're actually good at this um, but that doesn't mean that you can have Di Sclafani and Alex Wood and everybody sitting there with an ERA in the middle of one all season either. There's still some evening out to be done there. So let's jump over to the Mets, a team that is confounding. But DeGrom, the story from uh, Ken mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show today, going up against the single A guys in his rehab start, and they're basically asking for mercy out there. <laughs> and the team Twitter account that actually awesome. did great. that too. But I want to go to uh, Yuramoto, one of their guys that had to go to Twitter yesterday and say, rip me, but don't rip my wife. It's just, it's incredible in today's environment mm. that these conversations still need to be had. Yeah, that, that's sad and frustrating. Mm. And uh, I just wish, I actually, I think it was Friday, I tweeted like, hey, I don't know who needs to hear this, but be good to each other, be kind to each other. I like, <laughs> I, I don't know why we're so mean to each other. It, it's, uh, 
I've gotten to a good place where, in general, I just mute and move on. But, gosh, if somebody catches you on a bad day, it can actually really hurt you. And I don't understand why people do that to each other. I wish we'd be better. Um, in general, I think it says a lot more about the person tweeting it than it does right. about you know the person responding. Um, but like I said, it, we're all human, and if it catches you on the bad day, man, then then it can still hurt. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wish we'd be better. I, I don't know why people think that someone being a public figure makes them immune to having feelings. Uh, but man, we we could all stand to be better. All of us. You're preaching to the choir. Uh, well said. Now, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. So the story this week will be, I guess we get the Grom on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, Mets and the Braves. That's a pretty good little rivalry there. You know, let's uh, just last thing, and we'll stay in that division. Trent brought up the Mets. I'll do likewise uh, with the Bravos. I, I just keep waiting. And maybe maybe that, uh, maybe that yeah. I'm just all wet on this team. Maybe, you know, um, you know, the Mets are telling you they're the best team in that division. Just go with it instead of trying to fight it. But the Braves are far from out of it. Um, how big is this series this weekend? It's a pretty big one. And, yeah, it's the, the Braves all season you've been waiting. I mean, coming into the year, uh, I want to say I might have had them third in power rankings after the Dodgers and Padres. And I thought yeah, this is legitimately a team that their next step is being in the World Series. And uh, Acuna is is playing like an MVP, mm-hmm. but even Freddie Freddie Freeman sitting with a two thirty five average. Marcelo Zuna is awful. I don't know what's going on with Ozuna. He he's, he should be better than this. And and I, he, and I don't feel bad saying that coming off of saying we should be better to each other because I think he would agree <laughs> that he should be way better than this. Uh, it, the thing that worries me long term is. I feel like the offense is going to get it sorted out. I feel like they can figure out the bullpen, and the bullpen's a lot of small sample size stuff. I'm worried about the rotation. Freed has been not very good. Smiley's been terrible, and it goes back to what I was saying about the Giants. It seems like the Giants knocked something loose on him, but now he leaves the Giants, and he's not good. Charlie Morton, mediocre, and he's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. And his father time caught up here. Uh, you know, he hurts himself punching the wall, right. and now he's out for two months. Ian Anderson, how long is he going to be able to go this year workload-wise? We don't know that. And Soraka coming back from the torn Achilles suffered a setback and had surgery. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I am worried about them in the rotation. I do feel like at some point they're probably going to put it together. Maybe it's a team that they just get hot in August and September. Uh, but it's definitely worrisome when you look at the rotation. No doubt. Matt Snyder, we're off next Monday. Uh, Hope your schedule allows you to join us on Tuesday. Thank you for what you do for uh, for us. Uh, We'll talk to you Tuesday then. Have a great week. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll continue to read you. CBSSports.com, where Matt Snyder opines on MLB. Thanks, Matt. Have a good week. Hey, have a good one. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we talk a little MLB. Best division in baseball is? The American League East. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, Most even competitive? with the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. Tied with the Twins for the rest mm-hmm. worst record in the AL. Blue Jays, talented team. Well, you know, but from top to bottom, though, the NL East has the best race. Two and a half games separates the first place Mets. But they're all mediocre. I agree. None of those teams are winning Mm. No, you don't think the Dodgers and Padres are too good, right? Right. Those are they have separated themselves from that Tatis. Yes. Oh Jesus! When he gets on these runs, oh, and he's so fun to watch. Yes. 
William carries himself. He is. Can you be the face of the game in San Diego? Yes. At one point? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? Got to get to postseason. Yes. I mean, two of the great stars of the game are both West Coast. Mike Trout, mm-hmm. whose team's not getting to postseason. Um, and Trout's on the IL for yeah. another five, six After weeks. After the All-Star break is what, yeah. I, is what I read over the weekend. Anyways, uh, Scott Dockerman coming up. We will give you right now a chance to hit a $1,000 home run since we're talking baseball, after all. Time for that other that uh, $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com, and once you get there, Trent, you enter the keyword. Today it is laugh in the 11 o'clock hour. L-A-U-G-H, laugh, at KXNO.com. Your chance at $1,000. Laugh. KXNO.com. Scott Darker, what have you got? Well, I was wondering if you maybe wanted to hear a home run call from yesterday. Well, since you went to the trouble of downloading. And by the way, you may have a home run call tonight. I'm hoping. As KXNO's high school baseball coverage begins. And what a way to lift the curtain. How about that, man? Whoever does the scheduling does a great job. Number one versus number two. Number one, Ankeny. Number two, Urbandale tonight. Seven o'clock first pitch, game two of the double dip. And you can hear it here, 1460, 106.3, or streaming on the iHeartRadio app. Who's doing, the, you're doing the play-by-play. Who's doing the color? You got anybody? Uh, Going to be solo tonight. I believe Rush is busy, but mm-hmm. uh, I've talked to a few people. Remember last summer, it was a little more difficult to get it, but... Few names that have been bandied about, Mr. Hanrahan. We talked about oh, maybe doing yes. something. Would love to get him in the booth this uh-huh. summer. A uh, few others that have joined me in the past. It's a one of my favorite things to do. These summer games, yeah. uh, just something about being outside, a nice hot night, calling high school baseball, and we got some high level stuff. Hopefully, could see Brody Brecht on the bump for one of these two games tonight as well for the Hawks. Well, it'd be better if it's the second game because that's the one we've got. <laughs> right. Correct. Absolutely. Game Left two tonight is the number uh, the kxno.com, the keyword, and here is that home run. We'll see if we get one tonight. Bias swings and sends a drive to center field. Twisting is Bader, and it's gone. Did Bader think he really had a chance at that he one? He did. Yeah. He did. It looked like he did. I mean, he didn't have a chance. Right. It was way out, but... Uh, uh, the reaction shots of the Cubs fans, too, after that, it just... That was excellent. You're seeing the blue and the red mm-hmm. sprinkled. Well, there's more red, obviously, but there was a lot of blue uh, that made their way down I-55 to take in that game all weekend long. Yeah, Cubs fans showed up, Cardinal fans. It was good to have that rivalry on full display last night, and that was the game winner, Craig Kimball, who pitched the ninth. Only did he get one out in the ninth? He came in the middle of the ninth, anyways. Mm-hmm. Then he actually, he actually uh, was forced to bat. Did you see that? They, he sent him up to hit. I hadn't been. I must yeah. have been over on basketball or something. At so that they point. they sent him up to hit for the. I think only the second time in his career. And you knew at that point he was going to come in and pitch the tenth if they got a lead, and they had. And uh, that's we saw the result as Javi Baez takes them deep, and the Cubs win, take two out of three. Big Cubs, week now, man. Pirates. After for the that, Cubs, you're talking? Yeah, they get the Pirates and then the Reds. Ooh. This is a week. Yeah, got to, got a chance to put make some uh, put some W's. Four and two, five and one. All of a sudden, I think this conversation they're exceeding could my expectations. Oh no doubt, right? I thought we'd be done at this point. Well, I'm done. Did I, you really? Yeah, I did. Really? I thought. I thought Brewers and the Cardinals yes. would be far in front. Yeah, I thought the Brewers would be. 
Cardinals are a good team. Mm-hmm. They're a really good team. Goldschmidt and Arnado and Edmund and that lineup, the way Flaherty's pitching. Hell, Adam Wainwright was yes. terrific last night. Well, especially when you get six inches on each side. <laughs> that, that was embarrassing. That that poor guy. I wonder if he'll be. Uh, I saw the uh, saw the the percentage of uh, calls he got right was eighty five, which was the sixth worst so far this year. Because isn't it normally like ninety four percent, ninety three? It's in the nineties yeah. for sure. By the way, Joe West sets a major league record tonight for uh, games umped. The Cowboy. 5,300, something like that. I saw the name was tweeted out, or the number rather, I saw it earlier. 5,300 games for Joe West. 5,299 too many. Yeah, he's, uh... but you know what, as, as bad as an umpire he is, what, wasn't it a couple of years ago where he did something, oh, a humanitarian thing. Somebody, he was in Dallas and he went and visited somebody that was stricken with something. You, the last person you would think would be Joe West, mm-hmm. because we don't know him. We think we do. Right. We know Joe West, the bad umpire. So we figure, well, he's a bad person. But uh, he did something to change my opinion of him. I don't recall what it was, but I remember that there was... Um, there was that time. Anyways, we'll come back. Scott Dockerman. Again, the keyword was laugh. 11 o'clock keyword laugh at KXNO.com. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO. A business name is important? Sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. One for podcasting. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Only insurance company and affiliates. Eleven thirty, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Fourteen sixty KX and O one hundred six point three on the FM dial. We take you up until noon. Trends play of the day coming up. Before we get out of here, uh, right now he's our friend Scott Doctorman from the Athletic. He's been very, very busy as the staff at the Athletic has. They've got a terrific sale going on. If you haven't yet, if you're so inclined, if you've been waiting for that right time to pull the trigger, doesn't get much better than this. Doc joins us. Hello, Scott Doctorman. How are you? I am well and doing great. How about you guys? Uh, doing just the same. Have we seen uh, here the t- third week in May? Have we? Can can those folks that like to recap the year in sports? Can they go ahead and um, with what we witnessed yesterday? Start writing the biggest story of the year in sports was Phil Mickelson winning the PGA at, at the age of fifty. Or is there something, Doc, that might knock that off? That that uh, uh, that perch that seemingly will be the story once the season or the year is said and done. 
Well, that's, uh, that's out from left field. I guess I would look at a couple of things, <laughs> uh, try to recap the last five months or so. Uh, you know, I, I think it was clearly one of these stories of the year, no question. And recency gives it the, the thumbs up sure. today. I, I would probably say Tom Brady winning a seventh Super Bowl is probably bigger in scope. But today, you know, it's a fun day to look at a 50-year-old uh, mm-hmm. winning a major that had never happened before. So, uh, you know, and then the NCAA conquering a COVID, uh-huh. uh, you know, and having an, a tournament there, that was pretty big. That's but, a good point, Doc. Uh, you but, know what? That that's gonna get that's gonna get some um some votes. Just sports in general overcoming COVID might mm-hmm. be the story of that's a good point, Doc. But uh, you know, but seriously, that was such an amazing yeah. performance, you know, even just to to do it and to hold on and and even survive a you know, a bogey down the stretch. He he did a great job yesterday. Well, Iowa football, six in a row to end the season, and a big part of that was the emergence of the running game. The offensive line came together, and maybe more importantly, Tyler Goodson really started to emerge. As talented as a guy at the running back spot as they've had, feels like in a really long time. Your thoughts on Goodson? I know you wrote about him last week, and and after him. Ivory Kelly Martin coming off an injury. We'll see what he is. What else is back there? Doesn't look like a real deep running back room. Tyler Goodson's going to be asked to do a lot. He is for sure, and I think really when you compare every single facet of of being a running back, I think he's the best at Sean Green, and he's to me, you know, I mean, he was a first team All Big Ten selection. He's right in there with probably Green and, and Liddell Betts, his position coach, as being maybe the, <laughs> one of the three best. I was had in the Ferret era, so he's he's had a he had a remarkable year. He's had two really good ones, and I think this year, um, if all things point in the right direction health wise, I think he's he's going to be a you know a, you know a thousand yard plus carry you know mm-hmm. not carry thousand yard back and, and do a good job. Uh, you know I think they're light on experience behind him, but I really like the way uh, Gavin Williams mm-hmm. ran this spring. I, I think he's going to be a really good one two punch with him, uh, Lee Sean Williams. That's how you pronounce it. He also is, is pretty big and thick, and, and they liked a lot of what he did this spring. And I think Ivory Kelly Barton could be a um, valuable back, uh, you know, change of pace to some extent, but also just a, a, a full-fledged running back um, if he's healthy. So when I went into the spring, I thought they might need to dip into the portal for somebody. Mm. But I, when they came out of the spring, I thought, you know, they've got – four quality running backs they could lean on and, and feel pretty good about it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, what's the uh, the ceiling for this team? Is the Big Ten, and you probably ask a lot of uh, teams that reside in the Big Ten West that have high hopes for this season, knowing that even if it does turn out their way, that they're at some point, well, the first Saturday in, in December, going to have to get by Ohio State at some point. Is that the ceiling? Win the Big Ten West and uh, and, and take your chances on a bowl destination from there. It seems like that's probably the case. Is it? Um. Well, it. I, I think that Iowa. I would put them at Wisconsin as the favorites in the West Division. I think both teams have a lot of assets and and have the potential to get there. Uh, once you're there, you usually have to battle and try to slay the dragon, Ohio State. Now, Ohio State's won four in a row, but Ohio State doesn't have Justin Fields. They do have two tremendous receivers in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, plus mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, Master Teague at running back and a pretty good defense. So that's that's going to be a challenge for whoever does face the Buckeyes. However, without Justin Fields, I think you're, if you're Iowa or Wisconsin, you probably look at it and go, yeah, we, we got a shot here. Um, now for Iowa, there's there's two areas that I'm really centered on with this team that in order to get there, they have to improve upon. One is their defensive line, they have to install some instant growth, uh, especially defensive tackle. It, it just, uh, if, if it doesn't get pretty good pretty quick, uh, it could be a, a tough start to the season. Secondly, it, it, maybe even most importantly, you're going to have to get growth at quarterback. And uh, Spencer Petras had a you know, average to below average first year. Nine touchdowns, five interceptions wasn't bad. 57% completion percentage was, and he missed a lot of good throws. He has to improve or somebody else has to be in that chair. Uh, so to me, if, if Iowa could make strides in those two areas, they could get to Indianapolis. And then, hey, one-game scenario, we saw some – We've seen some crazy stuff with Ohio State crossing the streams against West Division competition. So I, I wouldn't put a, a cap on what Iowa can do. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't. I wouldn't predict a national championship or anything like that. So we know, obviously, special teams are ultra-important for Iowa. Torrey Taylor's back maybe for his final season. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Has to be true. Yeah, I mean, he, he was so good last year, and he... If he's the same guy this year, you got to think he's got to take a shot as old as he is. How about the kicking spot, though? You lose an All-American in Keith Duncan. He had his own issues, though, certainly leg strength among them. They have a guy that's been around that decided to take a six-year in Caleb Shudak, a stronger leg. What else do we know about him outside of that, though? Really, since, ni- uh, since 2019, it- it's been a very good competition between Duncan and, and Shudak. That's what we'd heard almost weekly, especially when Duncan started making a lot of field goals and became an All-American. Uh, you know, every time that subject was approached, Kirk Ferentz and LeVar Woods both would say, yeah, it was a really close competition. And, uh, so, well, let's now that it's Caleb Shudak's job, he's got to make good on that. And we really won't know the answer to that until they play a quality opponent and they need a kick. And that's that could come off the first, one of the first two games, yeah. or, and then scattered throughout the rest of the season. So if it's at Ames, last time Iowa played at Ames, uh, if we remember correctly, uh, Keith Duncan had a major role in that game with four field goals in four different quarters and four different types of weather and lighting. So <laughs> I don't know if Caleb Shudak will need to do all of that, but he's going to have to be make a an important kick, and the only way we'll know if it's if he's uh, up to Duncan's snuff and he, even uh, Miguel Racinos or not, just based on whether he makes it or not. Doc, uh, we heard last week that potentially we may know the kickoff times for the first three weeks, Indiana and then Cyhawk and Ames, and then uh, is it Kent State or Colorado State? For Kent State first, right? Yeah, Kent State first. Um, had you heard that, might we know, um, be, be able to, you know, not just actually get out our pens and put uh, and and, uh, and write down some kickoff times? What have you heard? Yeah, I think it's going to be this week. All. Um, Everything I've kind of heard, the indicators are, you know, Thursday or Friday will know. So um, I know Rutgers just announced it, moved its game to that Thursday night. It's it's season opener. Not that it matters when you got Ohio State and Minnesota that night. But I I think we'll know uh, going into Memorial Weekend. And so all the indicators are Thursday. It could be earlier than that. It could be later. But 
Um, I, I think we'll know the first three weeks of special dates, probably, uh, which would be homecoming kickoffs and uh, probably Black Friday uh, kickoff time. Uh, my guess is for this weekend. So nothing on Penn State, the potential that that's played at night. They're going to wait on that one, you know, the, the six-day window or whatever it is. Uh, what uh, Does that seem like if there is a night game uh, at Kinnick Stadium that that would be the one, Doc? Uh, it could be Kent State, for all we know. Okay. I mean, everything has changed when it comes to TVs. I mean, it used to, you used to look at the schedule before they expanded and said, okay, Kent State at Iowa is at 11 a.m. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's not the case anymore because they've got you know 14 teams. So that game, just like Miami of Ohio at Iowa a couple of years ago or UNI at Iowa a couple of years ago, they're at night. So we don't really know. My guess is, there's going to be a bank kickoff. Uh, Penn State at Iowa should be a game that, you know, I would earmark for a night, but you never know. I mean, just at this point, I don't see that one. It's not in the same category as Penn State, Ohio State, or Ohio State, Michigan as a, as a game that gets scheduled out time-wise in advance. Final thing for you uh, from me, and I want to just peel back the curtain of your job compared to where you came from, the newspaper industry and the Gazette. So there's this video out there right now. looks like Jordan Bohannon getting punched over the weekend in front of D.C. It's something at The Athletic, I'm going to guess, that's not a real big. But if you were still working at the Gazette, the newspaper, would this be a story that your editors would be asking you to chase down, try to get information on it, and just how different your job is today compared to when you did work for the newspaper? Oh, I don't know. I mean... Maybe. I mean, if somebody was arrested or, you know, that might be, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I'd have to see to the, to the editors at the, at the Gazette to see if that's something that they would want. I mean, if there's somebody arrested that probably, but just a, a video of a, of a fight that, um, where if there wasn't an arrest, then I don't know that they would want anything like that. I'm with you. Scott Dockerman. Doc, great stuff. Uh, have a wonderful week. Have a good long weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, and we should know some kickoff. Maybe the Indiana games at night. Who knows? It's yeah. a pretty good matchup, actually. Uh, so we should know the next time we speak uh, with you, Scott Darkerman. The Athletic, again, has that tremendous sale going on. When does that end, Doc? Do you know? I really don't know the end date on it. I mean, I, 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 I guess it's, it goes through the rest of this week. But Memorial Day, really probably. end dates on a lot of these. Yeah, yeah so. gotcha. But, um, Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. All right. Have a good week. Thanks. Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic, because uh, we talked a little Big Ten. Uh, Indiana might make some sense. I mean, I don't know what else is that week. Is there still a chance that that could and be... And talk- don't forget we have the Big Ten Network. I'm not saying that right. this is ABC. Right. But, but Big Ten Network does prime time. Is there still a chance that could be a Friday game? Oh. Because we have heard... Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend is the only one that works for Iowa. Right. Not only that... There's also Penn State plays Wisconsin that week. There are three big, big 10 games that are uh-huh. happening that weekend. And because of that, somebody's going to play on BTN on Friday night. I, I would be surprised if that's not the case. And if it's not BTN, FS1, whatever it turns mm-hmm. out to be. So there will be a window there. I was said they don't want to, but they understand, yes, everybody's mm-hmm. going to have to play Take a turn. one of these Friday games. Yep. Do it Labor Day weekend. Yes, that's the time they said that they could pull that off. Do you want to do it for this one, though? And you also get an extra day to get ready for Cyhawk oh. if you do it that direction. 
You get that extra day in there uh-huh. of preparation. Uh-huh. Does it make sense this year more than most? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. It, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think you're on to something. 11.45. Uh, time for, well, not time for the play of the day. We're going to make you wait for the play of the day. Uh, it's another busy day in uh, in sports, right? NBA going on. Got some college, some college, uh, some NHL, some MLB. We've got a POD coming up next. Again, the keyword for this hour, I believe it's still valid. You can still go to KXNO.com if you didn't earlier. Keyword for the 11 o'clock hour is laugh. 1460 KXNO 106. XNO. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renner's Warehouse guy, he lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse guy, he sleeps. Sleep soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-4429. Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.net or give us a call 225-8... It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into 200 That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy, and if that team wins, you'll receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention. Bet 5 bucks. If that team wins, boom. Bang! $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on a basketball team of your choosing is to place a $5 bet on that team and for that team to win. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. That's promo code KXNO for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or Older Iowa only. New customers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one. Hi, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes of the program as we take you up until noon. Murph and Andy are 70 minutes away. The Fanatics slide in at three. High school baseball on the radio tonight. It is game one, and we have the game of the night. Number one versus number two. Trent Condon has the play-by-play. Urbandale and Ankeny coming up at 7 o'clock. That'll be game two. Maybe you get Brody Brecht. I hope so. Brecht against Langenberg. That would be pretty, pretty good. 
going to have a feeling we're going to see both those guys on the bump. Usually it is game one that the yeah. ace does take it. But right. regardless, uh, we'll have a good one. Two excellent teams. Number one, number two. No surprise Johnston comes in at number three. Joaquin, and Joaquin's right there too, right? Yeah. Uh, Dowling should be good again this year. Valley's looking for a bounce back season. Just bouncing around. The depth here. Down at 3A, Dallas Center Grimes is really good seemingly every single year. Mm-hmm. Norwalk's had some good teams recently. So much great baseball around here, and it is the number is incredible. Think of the number of D1 football players we can think about. I mean, there's, what, maybe 20 across the country, most of them Iowa State. At the D1 level, Division One level from the state of Iowa, there are over 100 kids Jeez, that's awesome. that play D1 baseball. We have really good baseball in this state, and it's great to have a chance to spotlight it. And you can hear it tonight. If you can't be out to the game, you want to listen to some ball on the radio, one versus two. All right, Trent Condon. So a buddy of ours, uh, the baseball Benny, called me during the break, uh-huh. and he had a <laughs> he was down on his luck. Mm-hmm. And he was getting clobbered. He had a dollar forty-five left in his DraftKings account. Been there before, so he bet a forty-five cent five-team parlay and hit. You wanted to save that buck in there just for another bet? I guess a forty-five. You know, isn't that always the case, right? Yeah. You're firing, firing, you're getting clobbered, you're getting drilled down to forty-five cents. You take a stab, and of course it hit. I didn't know you could bet forty-five cent, but apparently you can. They allow it. It used to be at least you had a dollar in there in the account, but. Yeah, some places even allow it to go to those decimals and uh, hit that route. So I got a baseball play. Okay. It's an automatic. Spencer Turnbull's on the bump, coming off a no-hitter. Okay, yeah. So Playing then, against him. Uh, going against with the Indians tonight against the Tigers. So that is pick number one. Get plus money with the Indians. Now, you see they lost Reyes. I mean, the, I did for four to six weeks. The yeah. little bit of offense yeah. that they have. He is now on the IL. So that one's a little scary for me. We'll jump in there. Going to get back on the Nuggets. I bet them before the series, and they looked awful Saturday night. We'll do it again. Minus one and a half against Portland. But their guards, without Jamal Murray, they do not match up very well mm-hmm. with Portland. So going to jump on there. Finish up with the hockey. The hockey handicapper, who is and 8-1 now on his picks that I've given out on the radio. What do we do? What do we Tampa? do? Tampa? I thought about that. They're close it out. It's in Miami. Possibly. Pittsburgh? I I kind of like the Wild to bounce back tonight. You do? I do. I think they're going to get one here. I hope you're right. We'll take it. We'll take the plus money, good plus money, plus 156. I hope Zach Parisi's in the lineup again tonight. I hate the way his career is coming to an end. Yes. I benched the first couple he played uh, he played over the weekend. All right, I'll give you a four-team NHLer. Oh, look at you. Uh, give me the, give me the Penguins. Yeah. Then take the, the, the Maple Leafs. Uh-huh. Give me Tampa Bay. I leave it at three because I was going to take Vegas. I want to go against you. Okay, so a three teamer. So you're going to play that on Bit Rivers tonight. I am. Are you going to round robin it or just a straight parlay? I'm not confident enough yet. I'm just going to straight parlay it, Trent. All I right. need the big score to get back into this thing. I'm telling you, these round robins—they're yeah. the place to go. I've hit three out of four both days, and if I just would have parlayed them, you would have ripping up your tickets. Two losing tickets right. instead. Made a profit on both of those days. I'm getting deeper and deeper into the feeds. Oh, this betting. Boy, is it fun. It's Well, especially we got this app, and DraftKings is such a good 
Such mm-hmm. a good app. Anyways, uh, we will. Um, no, Chris Andrews from South Point is going to join us on uh, on Wednesday. Wednesday I was going to say yeah. he's going to be with us tomorrow, but we will at uh, in the middle of the week uh, talk about those games of the week. If you missed it uh, earlier, the uh, South Point opened up Iowa State as a seven point favorite. It's down to six and a half. And just got word. It looks like Brody Brecht is going to start game two there tonight. There you go. You get your wish. Yes, young man that throws it in the low nineties. He's a D one mm. football player. His future, though, maybe at the professional level, I still think he's got a shot in baseball. He's a stud. More athletic prowess, him or Dijon? Dijon. <laughs> Coin flip? The kid's unbelievable, isn't he? Yes. Jeez. Uh, it was great hearing the athletes that participated at Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were so grateful to have fans in the stands and... Uh, by all accounts, came off very well. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. Thanks for being here. We're Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM.